Kibria is on the line. Hello. Hello, Kibria. Hello, Tom. Um, we are doing this in isolation, so we're doing this remotely. <laughs> and yeah, this podcast is going to be a learning experience for everybody, how we do this and how we crack on with things. Uh, we want to use, I want to use this podcast to talk about how over here started where we've ended up now and the kind of some of the processes we've been through some of the things we've learned but also like talk about some of the poetry some of the festivals things we've really enjoyed and um future ideas and goals and aspirations and things so that's kind of what we're in store for so kibra can you tell me a bit about yourself and what you do yeah so hi uh, i'm kibra i'm a poet i'm a writer and I've been working with over here since, say, early to mid-2019. Mm-hmm. Um, I first came across uh, over here when you were collaborating with the Verve Poetry Festival. I was interning there at the time. And uh, I seem to remember interacting a lot over email with, like, updating the website and ticket lists <laughs> and stuff. But, yeah, the thing that led to this specifically was that I ended up writing a, a guest blog for Verve on over here and then uh yeah you brought me on for the future projects as well yeah so uh, i interview poets <laughs> yes and you've just come to the end of a program with the hippodrome haven't you as young yeah. poets can you tell us yeah. about that yeah so that was uh, a development program initially it was supposed to be running for six months it ended up being nine months um nice. there's just this really great collaborative thing um it was there was 15 of us and a lot of the poets there are poets over here has worked with as well and it was uh yeah it's just been like workshops every two weeks we ended up with a an anthology coming out we did a showcase it's all very exciting yeah excellent absolutely yeah you wrote a piece for verve um about over here and it was like oh yeah mm. you you kind of seem to get what i'm trying to do um just you captured the ethos mm. and the vibe of what i wanted to do so i was like Let's uh, get you involved. Uh, And yeah, it's been great ever since. I'm not (laughs) sure if uh, I mentioned that over here when it started wasn't intended for poetry. Yeah, Um, I heard this from someone else. I didn't hear this from you. (laughs) (laughs) You pretend that. I'm an absolute faker. And actually, um, I think what would be good about having both of us on this podcast is uh, I am I am not a poet. Uh, I am a songwriter, so I'm kind of like a I'm a I'm a poet mm-hmm. that hides behind a guitar <laughs> and uh, and choruses, which I, I've I've come to realise is so far from poetry. You uh, get to repeat words. I know, yeah, it's great. Awful. <laughs> it's almost like it's on purpose, um, but yeah, obviously poetry um, doesn't have anything to hide behind. That's one of the things I found. Mm. It has to be just the skeletal kind of structure of the words, and they have to fend for themselves. So that's been really interesting. But yeah, um, I, I did start this kind of as a music project, being a musician, and quickly realised that I could I could spend so much time producing, adding extra tracks, recording an extra bit of I don't know triangle here and there and it took forever <laughs> so in the in the time that i i probably recorded 12 poems i recorded one piece of music uh yeah. for, for the app so it was like okay while we're starting while we're getting a um an audience together for this thing let's let's do something a bit simpler and mm. uh I, I wasn't completely new to the poetry scene i i'd, I'd been hanging out at impact hub in birmingham mm which was like a co-working space, but also like a social enterprise change makers, you know, buzzword place, um, which um, for all the buzzwords was brilliant. It's an excellent place uh, yeah. that they've, 
Um, I'll, I'll talk more about them later, maybe, and how they've kind of helped with over here. But um, lots of poets were there. Bethany Slynn was there and Amira Salah and all the Beat Freaks people, which is a youth engagement service in Birmingham. They were all there. So I knew a lot of poets and I was like, OK, I've got a nice little bank of people that I can start this with. And um, yeah, Rick Saunders. So all those lovely people. <laughs> Great. So thanks for that intro. So a bit about myself. So I'm, I've founded Over Here. It was an idea I had a, a while ago and has become reality amazingly due to um, lots of incredible people. First shout out should probably go to a guy called Andrew Barry Graham, who I, I basically had a really naff version of the app as a web program online that didn't really work. And uh, he was like, oh, I, I do a bit of coding in my spare time. I'll make the, the um, iPhone app for you. I was like, great thanks so much that normally costs like <laughs> twenty thousand pounds yeah like it normally costs so much money well he, he was <clears throat> he was mm. like just starting up coding and he was like yeah i'll give it a go and he, he put it together and it, and and the first iteration worked well enough to like then get the support through arts council funding to be able to say this thing exists but i built a project around it and went from there andrew then went on and i had to have a baby so it kind of wrote him off the rest of the thing and i had to use <laughs> other people but <clears throat> Thank you to Andrew Barry Graham. I, I feel like in the future there'll be statues <laughs> to him. So my main job is actually working with adults with autism and doing music sessions one-to-one -one with them or in groups. We run a little choir in, in Sandwell and, and Oldbury. And over here is kind of my side hustle, which I, which I do. <laughs> so I think it's really good that it's both you and I presenting this podcast, Kibra, because, you know, you're a hippodrome young poet, you're a poet and a writer yourself. You, you make up that insight that maybe I've kind of, as I was saying, feeling a bit like a fraud, come at this from a tech and music <laughs> place. So I'm, I, I can be the novice at poetry and ask maybe some questions that, that you might have some more answers to than, <laughs> uh, than I definitely have. Um, I'm not trying to make you an expert, but um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was just saying, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. Poets don't know what they're doing because that's not, no. <laughs> that's not what well, we do. You have an insider's view of not knowing what you're doing. So well, that's useful. Cool, cool. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll tap into that. So, Tom, as a founder of Over Here, maybe you should explain about what Over Here is. Yes, so Over Here is a mobile app that um, when you open it you're presented with a map and that map has loads of pins on it and each one of those pins is a recording that you have to you have to go to that location and collect that recording uh, the recordings we've been able to commission through arts council funding they're written by local poets from birmingham and wolverhampton and they are about those spaces we've commissioned them to kind of go and research those spaces and write about them and the idea is to yeah, interact with your locality through poetry in a more dynamic way than maybe, you know, Spotify presents a platform which is just like content on tap. It can come from anywhere, it can go anywhere and you can get it wherever you are, mm -hmm. which is great. I mean, that's a brilliant thing. I love that about streaming services, but I want to reintroduce some sort of locality to, to our content. Mm -hmm. And so this puts a little bit more onus on the user to get out and, and put some effort into it. And But I feel like they'll be really rewarded when they go out. They'll find a independent space that they maybe have not have come across before. They'll hear a perspective that they may not have kind of heard and, and hear a poet's interpretation of the space. They'll explore a city, its infrastructure and get out. And also kind of that just getting out is a really healthy thing to do. We'll come on to how we're trying to adapt that during this lockdown period. Because yes. obviously that's <laughs> not particularly great for having to stay indoors all the time. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that at the end. So 
Yeah, let's talk about like location and recording then, because I'm a big audio geek. I love the I love recording things. I'm really amazed by what a recording is. Just like the capturing of sound is still not worn off on me. I'm still blown away <laughs> by the fact that you can capture people's voices and sounds and like the background noises. Like at the moment, I can hear Kibria as a dog barking and like there's some birds <laughs> tweeting in the background where you are. So it's like really sets you in a location. I've no idea actually what your house looks like or anything, but like I can I can hear the springtime though i can hear that it's like it's something weird about like the atmosphere something like when it snows it sounds different yeah or and sometimes the different humidity in the air can just lend itself to a recording and so i love all that sort of stuff so going to locations and recording poets in those spaces is just a real experience for me and i get so much out of it maybe even more so than mm. video weirdly i think it's maybe the idea of suggestion mm. and that's a very poetic thing. So, for example, Romlin Ante's poem about Tiger Bite's pig um, never mentions Tiger Bite's pig, but it talks about the food and it, and it talks about the feelings that they get from eating the food, uh, the comfort and stuff, and the reminders, how it reminds them of home and things. And I think it's the same with audio. Audio can suggest a lot. And maybe you have to use your imagination to fill in the rest. Mm. Yeah, a bit of a tangent, but I listen to um, a bunch of Doctor Who audios, which are like radio dramas, and that is... <laughs> Yeah, they are better than the TV show because you're putting more mm. input in yourself kind of thing and you get to imagine yeah. more of the world <laughs> maybe it goes in stages like you read a book and it's like you've got your entire brain to yeah. work with <laughs> audio gives you just that little bit more context and texture and then, then film's just lazy <laughs> so what we're saying um, is films are rubbish um <laughs> That's obviously totally untrue. I love film too, to be fair. You know, like, but like, okay, so here's a, another interesting tangent, right? Uh, something that I learned at university, I studied music technology. And one of the things about film is if you got, imagine a shot of an empty car park, right? Mm -hmm. And the, the job of the Foley artist is so important. Like your, your radio drama, all of those incidental sounds are so important. So like, it could just be a car park for all you care. But if the, if the sound recordist adds some footsteps, like it changes the whole dynamic of the um, of the scene it's like it's not just an empty car park there's a sound being presented to you that suggests mm. something and it's not a car park it's a car park with someone like maybe menacingly walking through it or you know you've got a screech mm. of some tires you, you're expecting then something visual to come into the picture and and tell you the story and sound is the introduction to that story and uh yeah i love all that stuff this could become a podcast about um <laughs> film scores and stuff but no we should move on um so why are we doing a podcast uh mainly because we're locked in although i had this idea before we had the whole coronavirus thing happen essentially your blogs were interviews with our poets and i think i had some time one evening i thought i might record the blogs as audio and thinking there must be people out there who have the same problem as me with tr trying to read large pieces of text and stuff and also you know if you're visually impaired like let's do an audio version so i figure in the future when we come to interview our poets maybe we should just invite them onto a podcast and interview them and because there's some really excellent stuff in there and there's stuff like when i'm reading it i'm like oh I, I have some things i want to kind of ask about this and i think it could be a really nice podcast and then we could turn the podcast into a blog and do it that way around and then maybe even record the blog again. But And podcasts are things people are doing these days. You know, everyone's, you're not a real person if you don't have a podcast, right? And hopefully people will be interested in, in like some of the behind the scenes stuff as well. Yeah. How I've gone about with the Arts Council applications, setting up a limited company, getting all the poets together and stuff will be something that maybe we, 
we feature. So let's let's pick up some examples. Then. So we we've already talked about Romelin Anti's poem. What what you had the conversation with with Romelin? What what came across in that conversation mm. for your blog post? Yeah, so I had a conversation with uh, Romelin about her poem, and it ended up being a really interesting conversation because so she's from the Philippines, and she was talking about how Tiger Bites Pig as a venue for her was about meeting her friends and uh, creating this community away from home with other overseas workers and mm. all that kind of stuff. So, like, that level of connection that she had with it was unique to her. At the same time, it was something that I could relate to and something that mm. could be shared through that poem. Mm. Yeah. Tiger Bites Pig is a bow bun bar on Stevenson Street and they do excellent mm. bao buns which are these like fluffy doughy uh it's like my dream food because I just love stodgy food <laughs> I love things like dumplings yeah. and uh, when when we were having this conversation I remember she, we were talking about it and it was like in the evening I was like we have to stop eventually because I need to go have dinner this is my <laughs> the most hungry I've ever been <laughs> beautiful yeah that's the the joy of poetry when it can like actually invoke <laughs> physical reactions in you yeah so uh, her poem about homesickness and she, she has this brilliant line about the perseverance of tram lines is such a lovely phrase talking about that the, these these two lines that never join they, they'd never come back together mm. and maybe like feeling away from home is like that you say you called your family today and your promise of being away for a year has extended into the perseverance of tramlines. You miss your country and it's... So another poem that was very rich with its idea of history of the location was Susan Stokes Chapman's one for... It was for Damascena, but mm -hmm. it, was, it kind of wasn't just for Damascena. It was for, like, the building that Damascena is in and all its history and the mm -hmm. route that it took, which is that's a weird thing to say, that a building's taken a route, but uh, it's evolved, <laughs> isn't it? And she, she did so much uh, research into that one. Uh, she kind of contacted the management and got them to let her down into the vault beneath the uh, the restaurant and see all of the kind of architecture and hints of its former uses and things. And she really layers that all up in her poem for Damascena. Um, and that one was really amazing to listen to. And while we're recording her, we've got the the Damascena soundtrack in the background, the, the clinking of plates, but also mm. like the Syrian music that they're playing. They actually turned it down while we were yeah. in there and I had to tell them to, oh, can you turn the music back <laughs> up, please? Because this is like part of it. So getting that flavour was really important as well. And yeah, I love that one. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was such a gorgeous poem. And it was definitely an example of her like bringing her own specialism because she was obviously already interested in history. And I think, if I remember correctly, she asked you, she was like, is there, is there a venue that has a lot of history that I can mm. sort of sink my teeth into? Because she chose to do it from the perspective of James Bailey, who's buried in the vault opposite. Yeah, that's right. And what, kinda, what he's like, his he's face up against voice. the window. Um, mm, yeah. Yeah, yeah, seeing all the different changes. Each time you become something else, I press myself to the glass, oversee your evolution. What a journey you've made. England to Syria and back again. Your currency now is in coffee beans, walls steeped in Arabian spice, Ottoman infused. They have dressed you in their... So, one of the things you mentioned in uh, a recent blog post, which was Dave Pitts, was the word psychogeography. Is that what we're talking mm. about now? Is this psychogeography that we're chatting about? <laughs> maybe um <laughs> who knows no <laughs> yeah so it's a big complicated area of study a loose definition 
is that psychogeography is all about how a place can make you feel, uh, make you think, mm. and how it makes you behave as well. I think I'm right in saying uh, that it has its roots in Marxist theory. Um, the idea that, you know, the, the design and the architecture of our spaces can change how we act, change how mm. we live. Um, if you want to listen to a podcast episode that goes in depth on it, I would recommend... Um, Verse First, which is made by my fellow Hippodrome young poet, Adrian B. Earl. Uh, they have a whole episode on it, but um, it's relevant to us especially, I think, because there is this focus on walking through cities mm. and all the things we pick up on and how it changes our experience. Mm. Yeah, that's the nice thing about um, Ben Waddington's walking tours, is that he really lets the group that he's taken round just like soak up everything around them and see just beneath the surface he references someone i can't remember the author but somebody calls it the um infraordinary as opposed to the mm. extraordinary all those just everyday things that provoke your thoughts and feelings and i feel like our poems that we're putting in these places are just like the beginnings of a discussion or a route that you can take one of many like tangents that you could take about a particular space and place that a poet has put Absolutely. forward and um, you get that kind of in the moment, in the location insight. I was thinking about this the other day and it felt like, so I was reading something that was talking about the fact that when you navigate a city by foot, it's a different city than when you're navigating it by mm. car and it's different when you're navigating yeah. it by public transport. Mm -hmm. And I think this is almost like another, another yeah. map oh, on top nice. of it kind of thing. This is yeah. the, yeah. you're navigating it by poetry. <laughs> yeah yeah oh that's nice yeah i always think that like you you experience a very different city whether you're on the top or the bottom deck of a bus like yeah. that extra vantage point <laughs> from the top deck is is so beautiful true. my friend ben kane calls it tdfr top deck front row that's yes. it. He's, he's actually got an entire hashtag that's taken off because of that but tdfr <laughs> if you can get tdfr top deck front row then that your city is your oyster <laughs> yeah we through doing the overhead projects, then working with Verve Poetry Festival, Birmingham Literature Festival and World Literature Festival, um, it's amazing to see how interconnected the poetry scene is in Birmingham and how open it is as well. It's a really nice open space. Like, I don't feel like it's a clique. I feel like um, it's uh, really embracing of lots of people. And, and Wolverhampton is the same. Wolverhampton's a bit smaller. It's a bit more like a tighter knit because there's obviously less maybe less people in, involved but i've really enjoyed working with the poetry scenes in birmingham wolverhampton and obviously you've been involved with those scenes how have you found it kibria yeah absolutely it's always it's interesting like whenever you meet a new person in the poetry scene it's always like figuring out how you're connected already <laughs> you're like always going back two steps like oh so who have you worked with mm. where have you been that kind of thing you always find at least yeah, three yeah. like at least three things that you've got in common because of the poetry yeah scene. i found that with almost every poet i've worked with they have some degree of separation from one of the other poets already mm. um so that's nice it feels like quite a big you know maybe family is overused mm. in these kind of but it does feel yeah. like a family it feels very nice yeah, as you say, at the same time, it's not like a cliche thing where mm. the aim is to keep people out. It's always yeah. who can we reach, who else can we yeah. reach, who yeah, are you very connected generous. with that I haven't got in touch with mm -hmm. yet. Yeah, yeah. Oh, here's this work. project, here's that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I feel like um, we were talking about Jonathan Davidson earlier, and 
yeah he mm. seems to epitomize that he really shares yeah. so much of his time and uh, resources with anybody that kind of wants to kind of do something in the in the poetry scene and really grateful for that he helped us out a lot and he's helped you know you were intern for uh, those guys yeah. for a bit as well weren't you so yeah kudos to to the west midlands poetry scene it's, it's a great <laughs> place to be so I feel like some something this podcast wants to put forward is like some of the lessons we've learned, some of the things that that have really stood out to us as we're going through these projects, as I've been going through these projects. And one of the things that over here tries to do is connect festivals to venues, and then poets to venues, and people to poets and venues <laughs> and festivals. So we're trying to kind of create a matrix, <laughs> like a network. And it's been um, an interesting learning curve trying to communicate that, first of all, to the right people. But essentially the idea is that we can generate footfall in this kind of way. I used to work on something called Boldmere Street Festival, which was uh, where they closed the road in, in Boldmere, uh, Boldmere High Street, and they had lots of independent shops on that road. So closing it sounds terrible, but they had a festival on the road. So that was good. And lots of people came and like, for the music and for the entertainment and for the stalls and that kind of brought so much footfall to that street that um i think they made more in on that day than they do in a, in a quarter it's like really economically viable thing for them to do is this yeah. festival and it's great because it's it's just win-win for everybody it, it showcases and pays musicians and, and performers to perform and has all the right ingredients so over here kind of tries to do that on a digital level by saying like okay you're coming to this city for this festival We've created this extra bonus content uh, that you can go and collect. Oh, and by the way, here's some like excellent independent spaces that will appreciate your footfall and in turn value over here and in turn like contribute to having more content. So hopefully like that cycle will pick up and build up and stuff. And it's been great to use uh, Arts Council money to kind of kickstart that process and, and be the catalyst for, for getting things moving with it. So it's been interesting working with lots of different types of people then. So it's like creative people, poets, and then it's also like business Ooh. owners, festival managers. And that's all been really va a really valuable experience. I think those venues have joined and been really surprised at what's come out of it for them. Some of them have just agreed to it because it was only a small amount we were asking for to begin with. And then they're like, oh, you've written an actual poem about our place great thanks so much they like weren't <laughs> expecting it at all and hopefully like some of the online discussions and on online content that we can produce for that oh yeah talking about online content like Nira Perez's short text animations for the Wolverhampton ones have been really lovely I really enjoyed those this time around the first lot which um, were me kind of experimenting with Adobe was like my own attempt at text animation it took forever so I'm really grateful that uh, I, I budgeted for that this time around with Wolves and got a professional <laughs> to do it and and she does a, obviously a much much better job than, than mine so in in future episodes hopefully yeah we're going to talk about some of the behind the scenes stuff applying for ACE funding some more of the things we learned, what kind of went wrong, what's gone right. Uh, trying to have some honest conversations about how it is to, yeah, market these things and get people listening and get people out and collecting poems. Starting a limited company, I could probably do a whole episode on that one. That was a bit yeah. interesting. But again, something that I've learned a lot from. But uh, so just to finish with then, obviously we are, we're in lockdown and this means no one can actually go and collect any of our poems or shouldn't really be collecting our poems um, at this mm -hmm. point. <clears throat> mainly because nowhere's open the as daily well. government approved outing is probably not for collecting poetry <laughs> yeah no and they're normally in quite um built up places so what we're doing is we've opened it to the public 
I've done this in a very loose way in terms of there's an, there's an admin panel for over here and you can log in with an email address and a password. If you want to log in, you can use public at the over here dot app and the password is pin your poem or lowercase pin your poem and you can go on there and you can basically enter a venue with its coordinates create a venue and then create a recording so you make a recording you upload an mp3 and you can pin it to anywhere on our public map and we'd really like to have people pin some poems to some open spaces that maybe people will be able to get out to or if you know someone who's in isolation you can pin it to the bottom of their garden and say hey i've written a poem for you it's at the back of your house go and get it or if you want to celebrate like the work of the nhs and support people or encourage people and celebrate people in hospitals you can maybe pin it to a local hospital and if, if you know anybody that's there, they can collect it as well. So, Kibri, you've experimented with this. You've, you've tested have. it for us. What did you yeah. pin your poems to? Yeah, so I've got a couple of friends in Bristol and I'd only visited them for the first time down there like a week before lockdown happened. Okay. And now I'm unable to obviously go and see them. So um, mm. I pinned a poem called Distance to their general area so they could collect it and just yeah and feel connected in that way instead and then I uh, did another one which was kind of about another friend of mine and uh, that was pinned to King's Eve Park because that is the place where we uh, misspent our youth um, yeah. <laughs> excellent is that a place that they can get to as well yeah and, so and yeah collect from absolutely <clears throat> excellent that's nice yeah i pinned one to my mum's house for mother's day mm-hmm. uh, it wasn't very poetic but um <laughs> also before i broke up from work when, when it was kind of anticipating it i got some of the adults that i work with to write some poems and uh, we wrote them about the park that's kind of within walking distance of the center that we work at mm. so the idea is they're time capsules now we can we've written this poem and when we're back and things are up and running again we can walk to the park and we can go and collect these things that are from now three weeks ago and who, who knows how long it'll be after we can collect them but i really like the idea of we've captured this point in history this time and i think this public map that i've opened will close when the lockdown finishes so we've got actual time capsule of this point in history yeah we've, we've had a few other people post poems as well which is nice one thing that i am doing for the next few days of, is the arts council emergency response fund which is there to help organizations adapt in a time of mm-hmm. crisis in this time of crisis and so i'm hopefully if we get funding for it we'll redesign some of the app so that you can use the actual app itself to record using your phone mm. microphone and pin it all in the map itself mm-hmm. so fingers crossed that goes through i mean i imagine there's so many people going to be bidding for yeah. that pot of money at the moment so but I'll, also like turning it into a project by saying yeah if there's anybody out there who doesn't have access to the right technology to record mm-hmm. from home i'm going to try and get the budget to send out some usb microphones to people and maybe go through some one-to-one how to how mm, to record stuff you know using free software mm. yeah and get them to then and then commission them to write a poem hopefully with some interaction with the local community th- online yeah. somehow like maybe join a facebook group that's kind of talking about things and is active and channeling some of those thoughts and things and then kind of pinning them to the map again as part of a time capsule sort of thing mm. I love a time capsule. <laughs> love a time capsule, me. I love a time capsule, me. They're great. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's hopefully what I'm, I'm anticipating for the next few weeks. And yeah, we'll we'll hopefully make some more of these podcasts as well. Um, mm-hmm. And if you've got any things you want us to talk about, um, questions about arts council funding and stuff, um, I can certainly answer them from the perspective I have at least. Mm. And yeah. 
ask Kibria some questions about being a young hippodrome poet or whatever. <laughs> We're open. So yeah, thank you very much for listening. Uh, hope you enjoyed this. I, I've I've enjoyed chatting to you, Kibria. This has been nice. Always a pleasure, Tom. Feels like a good use of my lockdown time. Mm-hmm. And you know, just a great way to hear how many dogs there are in my neighbourhood. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Hey, we had a fox um, two nights ago. Like, oh this is screeching and barking. And it was, like, horrible. It was, like, and you're in and out of that dozing, like, oh, what's going on? And I'm going to open the window. And this is fox, like, lying in the road. It's like, oh, you've taken over, haven't you? The, like, uh, the beauty of, me was of like, nature returns. Yeah, to- I know. Like, so many people are like, oh, yeah, the deers have returned to this part. The goats are in this part of Wales. Yay, I love you. And it's just, like, this sound of someone being murdered on our streets. It's like this horrible fox. It's like, Isn't oh. nature beautiful? Yeah, yeah.